Chapter 16 The Power of Music Music has three basic parts. They are 1. The melody. This can be played by using just one note on an instrument, or what a person sings when singing alone. 2. The harmony. This requires two or more notes, or it requires two or more people who are singing together. 3. The beat. This is used to maintain the timing of the music that is being played or sung. The three parts of music can affect and influence the three parts of man, body, soul, and spirit. In music that comes from the Lord, the melody can minister to a person's spiritual being as they sing just the melody alone to the Lord. The harmony ministers to a person's emotional being or soul. Using harmony, a person can be made to cry, be sad, or to be glad. The beat of music ministers to a person's physical being or body. When the beat is strong, the body begins to move at the sound of the beat. In God's music, the melody is the most important part. The harmony is next, and the beat is the least important. Satan has stood this order on its head in his music. By far, the most important part of his music is the beat, which is the foundation of rock music. If there is no beat, there is no rock music. Rock music was born only after the first drum sets were invented, because the drum set is what produces the beat that rock music requires. In fact, many times in rock music, it is difficult to even know what the melody or harmony are because the beat is so strong. Rock can easily get control of the hearer's body. This is why rock music is so often linked to the drug scene in immorality. In other types of music, Satan emphasizes the harmony. He does this in music like country-western, also called just country. That music affects the emotions, and the lyrics go along with that effect. Many times, the lyrics give a message something like this, I used to love you, but now I love someone else. As we have already seen, when David played his harp, the power of God's music delivered King Saul from a demonic spirit that troubled him. According to the prophet Amos, in these last days, the popular leaders in the church to whom God's people come do just the opposite as they cause the seat of Satan to draw near. Amos 6, 1-3 During Elisha's ministry, when a musician played on an instrument, the presence of God came on the scene and brought great deliverance to the armies of three kings. Also, the spirit of the hard-hearted carpenter who used to work for us was broken in God's presence, and he wanted to pray because of music that brought God's presence. But as we have seen, the Beatles' music brought strong demonic influences into the world, and the world was changed and brought under the influence of the sexual revolution and an explosion in the use of drugs and rebellion. I was a student in the University of Michigan when the Beatles sang on the Ed Sullivan Show and enamored most of the U.S. and many other people. At that time, my friends and I were seeking the things of God and not the influences of the world. We were not interested in the music of the Beatles, but as I walked through the student lounge, the television of the lounge was on and the Beatles were singing. When I looked up toward the television that hung from the ceiling, my eyes were opened in a way that had never happened to me before nor since. 
I could see a river of frogs coming out of the television, and they were falling on everyone who was listening. Revelation 16, 13 and 14 tell us that spiritually speaking, frogs are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth into the whole world. With that river of frogs flowing out from their music, it is no wonder that they changed the world. We should recall that frogs were one of the plagues of Egypt, and spiritual frogs are certainly a plague in this modern world. Music was a key issue in Daniel 3 when Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, and at the sound of the music, everyone had to fall down and worship the image that he had made. Therefore, we see that music can either bring God's presence or the presence of Satan, as Amos 6, 1-4 shows. Amos tells us that this is what renowned leaders in the church are doing in these last days. So, music can have a very positive effect and also a very negative effect. In the last days, one of the satanic beasts in Revelation 13, 11-15 will cause an image to be built, and the command that Nebuchadnezzar gave will be heard again. Those who will not worship that image will be killed. The repeat of history is too clear here to ignore, and it is surely at the sound of the music that almost everyone will bow and worship the image. May we refuse to allow ourselves to come under the influence of the music that will cause us to worship the wrong God in these last days. During 60 years of ministry, I have seen many examples of the negative power of music in people's lives, as well as its positive power. We already considered the tremendous positive power that David's music had. It could deliver King Saul from the influence of demons. I will give a few examples here of its negative power and how it causes people to bow to the temptations of Satan. We did spiritual warfare with the drums. Many years ago, a married couple who were missionaries in the same country where my wife and I were missionaries had a church that was quite large. Sadly, the husband died of cancer, and there was no one in the congregation who was mature enough to replace him as the pastor. Therefore, his wife continued leading the church for a time. She appreciated my teaching and invited me to give seminars to her congregation on several occasions. One day she called me by phone and asked if I could come to her church facilities because she wanted to ask me something along with her leaders. When I got to her very large office, there were 12 men sitting around in a circle, and she was behind her very impressive desk that completed the circle. She greeted me and then almost immediately asked me a question. I can still hear it. Brother Marvin, did you say that drums are from the devil? I could truthfully answer that I had never said that, because up to that point I had not said that, but the following chapters will reveal the truthful answer I would give to that question today. As I will share, I have learned much more about drums and the fruit that they produce. She quickly responded, I am happy to hear your answer, because we had Elvis Presley's drummer in our service last night. He has become a Christian, and he taught us how to do spiritual warfare by using the drums. That was pretty much the end of our short meeting. Three weeks later, she ran off with her main leader, who was married to another woman in the church, and she never returned to that congregation. Sadly, I have often been a witness that this is the kind of spiritual warfare 
to which many pastors and spiritual leaders have succumbed. I am concerned about you, Brother Marvin. Years later, I met a group of missionaries in the same nation where the above tragedy occurred who were very effective for a time and soon had an enormous church. They became one of the most influential ministries in the nation. At that time, I was invited to meet each month with a small group of national pastors, and the main leader of that large ministry met with us also. During the couple of years that we met together, that leader and his elders decided that God wanted them to follow the counsel of a young girl. She was the daughter of one of the primary elders of their ministry, and she had received a dream in which a message was given to her for the pastor, his elders, and the various congregations that they had founded. The message was that they should incorporate every kind of music that was used in the world to bring people to the Lord. She named the kinds they were to include, rock, rap, jazz, country, as well as others. This young lady's revelation brought an enormous change in the central church and in all of its satellite churches. The pastor of that church knew that in our ministry we were not willing to incorporate rock music. After one of our monthly sessions had ended and the others were gone, he spoke to me about our unwillingness to follow the counsel that they had received regarding rock music. He said, Brother Marvin, I am very concerned about you. My response was, I am also very concerned about you. I said that to him because by then, I knew what that music produces sooner or later in the lives of those who are subjected to it. I have observed the fruit ever since it entered the body of Christ fifty years ago. Multitudes of pastors and sheep have fallen into immorality and other terrible sins. It seems that few Christians realize why so many extremely successful ministers have fallen over the years. A few weeks later, this man left his wife, his children, and his church and returned to his own country with a secretary. He never looked back, and he would not even allow his own children to come and visit him. There is a mixture in your music. Many years ago, the Lord spoke to me to go and talk to a minister whose music had been a blessing to many during decades. He was reaching 140 million people every day between the radio, television, and his enormous campaigns. However, little by little, there was more and more rock music creeping into his recordings and into his campaigns. The Lord spoke to me that I should warn him about the fruit that comes from going that way. When the Lord spoke, my carnal mind assured me that there was no way for me to even get an opportunity to talk to such an important man. However, I obeyed the Lord and went to the place where I knew he had been. I was convinced that what my carnal mind had believed would end up being the outcome of my journey. But, as the Lord always does when we obey him, he miraculously opened several doors, and suddenly I was alone with that minister. When I told him that the Lord had sent me to him to warn him about the mixture that was entering his music, his first response was a flippant, We'll pray about it. I thought it was the end of the matter, but as I continued to share with him, the presence of the Lord descended into our midst. He was a man who recognized God's presence and spent much time there. He then confessed something that I had witnessed also for many years. He said, You are right and entire denominations have lost the blessing of God because of their music. 
After a few more minutes, he said, I want you to know that my team and I are returning home tomorrow, and we will make this an urgent matter of prayer. He certainly kept his word, because in the next issue of his magazine, the cover article was about Christian rock in the churches. In the main article, he said, To talk about Christian rock makes no more sense than to talk about Christian adultery, and Christian rock is from the devil. Sadly, he was later convinced by some of those who were closest to him that he should continue using Christian rock, and a short time after that, he was exposed for having an adulterous affair. His own article should have warned him about what would happen. Tragically, millions of souls lost the blessing of receiving his ministry when he became one more victim of music that causes the seat of Satan to draw near. I love pastoring. Some time ago, an interesting man was visiting us, and we were seated together at our dining room table, chatting after lunch. He was one of the best-known evangelical leaders in the U.S. and was the founder and pastor of a megachurch. He also became the president of the largest evangelical organization in the U.S. While we talked, he said to us, I love pastoring. I love every aspect of pastoring from preaching to board meetings to counseling and everything else. He was undoubtedly a very sincere man, but his church and life were filled with Christian rock. A few years later, his involvement in the most perverse type of immorality and his drug abuse were exposed. It is easy to be judgmental, but we are all very capable of falling into the deepest pits, more so if we open our spirits to rock music, whether it be in the church or in the world. Only God's mercy can keep us from those pits, but we need God's presence in our lives and in our churches. It breaks my heart that most churches today are using music that brings the presence of the seat of Satan instead of causing the presence of God to visit us. I have a deep cry in my heart that God would visit the leaders of the body of Christ and show them that much of the body of Christ has gone astray because of their music. The result is that one great leader after another has fallen or soon will fall. The same thing has been happening to leaders on all levels of the body of Christ. I will definitely be writing an article for the newspaper. For a number of years, the top Christian publishers of books and the top music studios for Christian music organized a huge fair each year in different places in the U.S., Anyone who had music or books to sell could rent a booth to present their material to the many distributors of Christian material that would be at the fair. We had never participated in that fair, but one year we decided to do so. It was to be held in Miami, Florida. We rented a booth and displayed our books and Bible courses. We also played our music from time to time on a portable stereo system. One of the top Christian rock groups was involved in the main meetings where thousands gathered, and the rock group gave concerts. The four men who formed that rock group later offered to greet anyone who wanted to shake their hands. This was long before COVID-19. They had hair down to their shoulders and many tattoos on their bodies. Of course, they also had body piercings. We thought the Beatles were bad because they had hair that covered their ears. We never could have imagined that the day would come when so-called Christian musicians would have their hair down to their shoulders. The Beatles had none of these other trappings. That was the world then, but this is the church now. 
How far we have fallen! The line of people waiting to shake their hands was a block or two long. Some of the best-known pastors and evangelists were waiting in that line. They were decidedly impressed by those four men. While the line was still very long, a woman walked up to our booth and began to share her heart. She said, I am a reporter for the Miami Herald, but I did not come here to do an article on this event, and I am definitely not a Christian. She went on to say, A friend of mine has pressured me for years to attend one of these events, and I finally agreed to do so. I go to parties that are quite wild, but I have never been in a place that has had such a horrible atmosphere as I feel in this place. I had not planned on writing an article for the Herald, but after being here, I will definitely do so. I will tell Miami what the Christians are really like. Just look at that line waiting to shake the hands of those boys. There are even well-known ministers standing in that line. She then almost demanded, Play one of your CDs for me. Let me hear what your music is like. When one of the CDs began to play, she got very quiet. She then exclaimed, Now that is Christian music. It gives me the desire to pray as I listen to it. What do we want in our lives and in our churches? Do we want fleeting success in man's eyes at any cost? Or do we want success in God's eyes, success that will be eternal? But I know that God was in our meeting. Over the years, as I have warned people about what type of worship they might be involved in, I have heard this declaration many times. I know when the presence of God is with us, and I know that He definitely comes to our meetings. What they might not realize is that the Bible calls Satan the anointed cherub. The anointing in the Bible refers to God's presence. That anointing is what came upon the priests in the Old Testament, and as priests unto the Lord, we urgently need that anointing today. After his fall, Satan's anointing became a counterfeit anointing, but it was, and still is, such a precise copy of the true anointing that he was able to deceive one-third of the angels who lived in God's presence. As a result, they followed him, believing that his false anointing was the true anointing of God. Who do we think we are to believe that we have more discernment than the angels had who lived in God's presence in heaven? If we think we cannot be deceived when the seed of Satan draws near and convinces multitudes that he is God, then we are already deceived. In the end, Satan deceiveth the whole world. Revelation 12, 9. May we escape his deception. I could give many more examples of the tragic fall of leaders in the body of Christ, but we need to see with greater clarity why this is happening. The Apostle Paul explains to us what will happen at the very end, and we are definitely very near the end today, as we will see in the next chapter.